Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the argument of Job as we pick up in Job chapter 12, verse 6. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. The tents of the robbers prosper, and they who provoke God are secure, into whose hand God bringeth abundantly. So, you tell me that, you know, it's because I'm so wicked that I've lost everything. But look, the tents of the robbers prosper. But ask now the beast, and they'll teach you. Fowls of the air, they will tell thee. Speak to the earth, it'll teach you. The fish of the sea shall declare it unto you. Who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this? In whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind? He said, nature will testify that God has wrought all of these things because the soul of every living thing is in the hand of God and the breath of all mankind. Did you realize how totally you are dependent upon God for the sustaining of your life? There is a weird disease that some people have or it's a weird malfunction of their body. They have to think to breathe. Wouldn't that be horrible to have to think to breathe? But they don't breathe in a reflex way, but they have to actually think to breathe. And they almost die when they go to sleep. In fact, they, when they go to sleep, they quit breathing. And then they wake up for a few seconds and think, oh, I better breathe. They take a breath and then they drop back to sleep again. And they followed their sleep patterns and all. And it must be miserable to have to think to breathe. I'm glad I don't have to think to breathe. It's just automatic. But the Bible teaches that your breath is in the hand of God. You remember when Belshazzar was having his great feast for a thousand of his lords, and the handwriting came on the wall, and he began to shake, and they called for the wise men and the counselors. None of them could tell him what the writing said, meaning, meaning, tekel, farson. And so finally, the queen said, during the time of your grandfather's reign, there was a man of great wisdom who was one of the counselors to your grandfather. He's of the Hebrews who were brought here in the captivity. And so they ordered Daniel to come into the room. And here Daniel saw the whole scene debauchery, drunkenness. The golden vessels that had been in the temple that had been sanctified for the service of the house of God and they were drinking their wine out of them and praising the gods of gold and silver. And so Daniel began, this old, stately, beautiful man of God began to rebuke that pagan king, Belshazzar. And he said, God has brought you into the kingdom and given you glory and honor and power, and you've ruled over the great kingdom of Babylon. 
that God had given to your grandfather Nebuchadnezzar, established in him, but it's given into your hands. And yet you did not regard God, but you've exalted the gods of gold and silver and the God in whose hand your very breath is. You've not glorified. These people realize how totally dependent man is upon God for his very existence. Paul said concerning God, in him we live, we move, we have our being. We're dependent upon God, our very breath. And yet, with that very breath, how many times we're cursing God. God gives us the very breath that we use to curse him. It's unreal. Do not the ear try words and the mouth taste his meat? With the ancient is wisdom, and in the length of days understanding. With him is wisdom and strength. He hath counsel and understanding. Behold, he breaks down, and it cannot be built again. He shuts up a man, and there can be no opening. Behold, he withholdeth the waters, and they dry up. Also he sends them out, and they overturn the earth. With him is strength and wisdom. The deceived and the deceiver are his. He leadeth counselors away spoiled. He makes the judges fools. He looses the bonds of kings and girds their loins with a girdle. He leadeth princes away spoiled and overthrows the mighty. He removes away the speech of the trusty and takes away the understanding of the aged. He pours contempt upon the princes and weakens the strength of the mighty. He discovers deep things out of the darkness. He brings out the light of the shadow of death. He increases the nations and destroys them. He enlarges the nations and straightens them again. He takes away the heart of the chief of the people of the earth and causes them to wander in a wilderness where there is no way. They grope in the dark without light. He makes them to stagger as a drunken man. God is sovereign. He rules over all. Man's soul, man's breath is in his hand. And who can withstand God? Who can withstand the purpose or the work of God? Lo, my eye has seen all of this. My ear has heard and understood. Now what you know, the same I also know. I'm not inferior to you. Surely I would speak to the Almighty and I would desire to reason with God. Tell me to stretch out my hands to God. I'd love to. I'd love to reason with God. But you guys, you're a bunch of forgers of lies. You are physicians of no value. Oh, that you would altogether hold your peace and it should be to your wisdom. If you just keep silent, then people would think you're smart maybe. <laughs> Better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're a fool than open it and remove all their doubts. <laughs> Hear now my reasoning and hearken to the pleading of my lips. Will you speak wickedly for God? and talk deceitfully for him. Ooh, how many times this is being done, even today, people speaking wickedly for God. In other words, they're speaking supposedly for God, but what they are saying is off the wall. God said, woe unto that prophet that saith, thus saith the Lord, when I have not spoken. And there's a lot of that going on today. People speaking supposedly in the name of God and speaking for God when God hasn't spoken. 
In James, we are told, be not many teachers, knowing that you will receive the greater condemnation. You see, as I stand here before you tonight, I stand here as God's representative. As I speak of God and for God, I must be careful that I speak the truth about God, lest you get a false concept of God, and then I'm responsible because you've got a false idea or a false concept concerning God. Now, there are some people who are supposedly representing God, but they are falsely representing God because if you listen to them, you'll think that God is broke <laughs> and he's going out of business tomorrow unless you respond immediately today. God is constantly on the verge of bankruptcy, and his program is going to fail. This great plan of God is about to go under, and God can't take care of himself, and he's depending on you <laughs> to bail him out with your offering of $25 immediately. <laughs> Speaking deceitfully for God. <laughs> My son, he has written in to a lot of the radio ministries in order to find out what literature they send out and things of this nature. And uh, he addresses or he, he writes in, in the name of Benny Smith and gives, of course, our address. And so we're always getting these letters for Benny Smith. Well, that's not so bad, except that we get letters that read like this. Dear Benny, the Lord has laid you on my heart today, and I've been spending time fasting and praying for you because the Lord has revealed that you're going through a special problem at this time. Now, that's speaking deceitfully for the Lord because Benny Smith doesn't exist. <laughs> now, please write and tell me your problem and enclose special offering for my ministry, you know. Even these men who tell you how to be prosperous and tell you if you only believed, you can have great prosperity. Wrote Benny a letter this week. <laughs> and if he'll just respond with a $25 offering at this time, God's work can be greatly expanded. And this glorious truth of prosperity can be heard by many more people. It just doesn't add up. Speaking deceitfully for God. Oh, how I would hate to be in that position. And so Job rebukes them because they had been speaking deceitfully for God. Will you accept his person? Will you contend for God? Will you fight for God? God doesn't need you to fight for him. God doesn't need you to defend him. Perfectly capable of defending himself. 
It is good that he should search you out. Or as one man mocketh another, do you so mock him? He will surely reprove you if you do secretly accept persons. Shall not his excellency make you afraid and his dread fall upon you? Now, a little further down the line, God finally does speak. We get to chapter 38. And when he does speak, he does exactly what Job said. He reproves these counselors. I mean, God really lays one on them. For all of the things that they have been saying to Job, and, and God finally says, you, you ask Job to pray for you or you're in big, big trouble. And so Job says, God's going to repurve you, man. You're speaking all these things for God. Now, Job here gives some of the ancient Proverbs with verse 12. Your remembrances are like unto ashes, your bodies to bodies of clay. Hold your peace. Let me alone that I may speak, and let it come on me what will. Wherefore do I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in mine hand? Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain my own ways before him. He also shall be my salvation, for an hypocrite shall not come before him. Oh, this is to me a, a depth of faith. Here is the guy, he's in as bad a shape as anybody could ever be. I mean, you think you've had it bad. You think you've gone through some rough times. Job had it worse than any man could ever have it. And yet in this place, he says, hey, even though he slays me, I'm going to serve him. Now, how deep is your commitment to God? A lot of people, as long as things are going well, you bet I serve him. Things start to turn a bit and you get a little vacillating. Job is in the pit, and he says, though he slay me, that's real commitment, and that's the kind of commitment we need. No, no matter what happens, I'm going to serve God. Though I be stripped, though I be emptied, I'm still going to serve God. I'm going to trust God. That's the kind of trust that we need to have. Because when you have that kind of trust, then you have rest in your life. It's in God's hands, and you can rest. Otherwise, things are going to upset you. They're going to get you all disturbed. But if you have that kind of confidence that my life is in God's hand, and even though he slays me, I'll trust him, then you can't be shaken. And then Job said, he also shall be my salvation. Just, he's going to deliver me. Hear diligently my speech. Behold, now I have ordered my cause. I know that I shall be justified. Who is he that will plead with me? For now if I hold my tongue, I'll die. Only do not two things unto me, then I will not hide myself from thee. Withdraw thine hand far from me, and let not thy dread make me afraid. Just get out of here, and don't terrify me with your fears. Then call thou, and I will answer, or let me speak, and I will answer, and answer thou me. How many are my iniquities and sins? Make me to know my transgressions and sin. You say I'm such a horrible sinner and all? 
How many? Show them to me. Reveal them to me. I went through a long period of my own Christian experience when I was trying to be righteous enough to be accepted and approved by God. I was desiring to receive what was termed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And well-meaning evangelists and all would say, but God will not fill an unclean vessel. You've got to clean up your act, you know, if you're going to be filled with the Spirit of God because he is a holy spirit and he won't enter an unholy vessel. So I was doing my best to clean up my act. As I was asking God to fill me with the Holy Spirit, of course, I would confess all my sins. And I heard people say, when I took my cigarettes out and laid them on the altar and said, God, there they are, you know, I'm through, then God filled me with the Holy Spirit. When I told God I'll never take another drink, then God filled me with the Holy Spirit. When I said, God, I'll go to China, then God filled me with the Holy Spirit. Well, my problem was I never did smoke. So I couldn't lay my cigarettes down. Nor did I ever drink. So I couldn't give up booze. And I told God I'd go to China. (laughs) And I actually would confess everything that I could think of that I did wrong. And ask God's forgiveness. And made all kinds of promises of, of you know, I'll do better. I'll pray more. I'll read more. I'll study more. But still I didn't receive. Now, it really troubled me because I had a buddy who did receive, and I knew he was smoking cigarettes. (laughs) And that was not fair. Because I was much more righteous than he was. And he actually went to shows, too. And I didn't do that. I was so much more righteous than he was, I couldn't understand how in the world he would receive the blessing of the Holy Spirit on his life, and I didn't. And I had a difficult time. And I would pray, God, show me, show me what's wrong. Show me my sin. Here's Job with his friends. Hey, you're a horrible sinner, man. This wouldn't happen to you unless you were really a rank sinner. And Job says, all right, just show them to me. Show me where I'm, you know, you say I'm a sinner, then point them out. Help me out. Point them out to me. They say, well, they're secret, Job. You you know, you're hiding them. We can't see them, but they're surely there. And then Job said, why do you hide your face? Now, you have to realize that this is Oriental culture, culture of the Mideast. And you have to actually go over there and watch these people in their arguments to really appreciate this fully. I mean, they don't just say things to each other. They're always yelling at each other. You, it's interesting. You, you see people talking and you think 
surely there's going to be a fist fight any minute now. Because they're just standing there yelling. I think even the language sounds vicious, you know. You don't understand what they're saying, but they're just standing there yelling. But they not only yell, they shake their heads, they shake their hands, and you know, and they're just all full of, of gestures and gyrations. And, and so this is, what, this is the way these things are going on with Job. And, and so when Job gets to this point, he said, just show me my name. They go, oh. Uh, and, and so Job says, why are you hiding your face? You know. <laughs> a little later on, he'll speak of other gestures that are being, you know, demonstrated. So to get a full mental picture, you've got to see this thing with a bunch of actions and yelling and, and all. They're not just talking to each other. They're yelling at each other, these accusations and all. And, and this is really a lively interchange that is going on here full of all kinds of <gasps> covering their mouth and the word we'll return with more of our verse by verse bible study in the book of job on our next broadcast as pastor chuck continues to teach through the bible and we do hope you'll make plans to join us but right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Job 12 through 13 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Now may the Lord be with you and bless you and keep you. May He work in your life in a very beautiful way as He nurtures you and as He leads you. May your life be enriched in all things in Christ Jesus. And may the Lord and the blessings of the Lord be upon you while we are absent from each other until we are brought back together again to continue our fellowship and our growing together in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. I'd like to tell you about a book written by Chuck Smith entitled Living Water. In this book, Pastor Chuck explains how God has the power to change your life through His Holy Spirit. This book will help you to understand how the Holy Spirit works in your life, covering such topics as who is the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do, what are the gifts of the Spirit, and how should I respond? 
It's Pastor Chuck's desire that by God's grace and through this book, the Lord will develop in you a hunger and thirst for the things after the Spirit that will help you come into a deep and personal relationship with Him so that your life will be transformed. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download Living Water by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order this book in print, call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD. That's 800-272-9673.